Welcome, and thanks for joining us for the weekly podcast of Center Church San Diego. We are so happy to connect with you online today. You matter to God. You really do. Whatever your past, no matter what your circumstance right now, God loves you. And you belong right here. Hope starts now as we invite Christ to take his rightful place at the center of our lives. So let's jump in. series, like Greece said, God on the edge of the sea, and uh, the way that it's set up is pretty interesting. It's a little different than I know last week, man, we bought the plane, right? We kind of went in there, you know, I had a white cane key, and I was like, you know, 
getting all the sweat off my face and all this stuff, but it's a little bit different for this uh, for this series. I like to think about it this way. What if uh, God texted you to meet up for coffee? What if he invited you to, to go out? And just like friends, you guys spoke for hours, right, about life, about relationships, the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Zion Williamson, LeBron James, and maybe you even uh, told a joke or two to each other. And during the conversation, God says, hey, are you friends? Are you friends? You seem distant. You seem like you have a lot on your mind. Talk to me. And he lets you vent for a bit, right? Then like the amazing friend and wise friend that Jesus is, he dives into what's actually going on underneath the hood. Think of the series as a hey, let's meet up for coffee conversation with the Lord. And today we're going to be talking about anger. And I'll tell you what, every time I come up here or like, you know, I dive into God's word myself, he always has this funny way of, you know, challenging me and, and kind of coming into like, hey, Josh, you have to walk this out before you preach this on stage. And I feel like God was just teaching me something special today. We're talking about anger. And it's an interesting talk for me because if you know me well, I'm an emotional individual, if you, if you don't know. And uh, if, you, uh, if you can quickly understand that I get to my feelings more often than not, and I can get pretty passionate about things, about worship, about different issues that's happening in our world, and I can get angry, and sometimes I take things a little bit further than I would like. Anybody resonate with that? <laughs> Anybody resonate with that statement? I can overreact sometimes. Let me ask you a question. What makes you angry? What makes you pound the table? What makes you get out of character even? And there, there are some big things I believe that can make me angry or make you angry, but often it's the little things that trip us up, right? And it's like going to the movies. I'm going to show a picture here for you. This is a rule that a lot of people don't follow. I find myself getting angry, honestly, at so many of you that break the proper movie etiquette, right? I get, I get, man, I can't stand it when people just don't follow the rules. It's the one space separation rule. Is this you? <laughs> is that you? Do you kind of walk up to the next person? There's like a whole empty theater, but you sit right next to them. And, man, some people, they come up to me. And they sit right down, right next to me in this whole empty, you know, half-empty theater. It's a violation of the empty seat rule. You always have to leave a big mistake. Even for us guys, and we like our room, right? Even for us bigger guys, you know what I'm saying? I like a little breathing room. Not some people, you know what I'm saying? They sit right next to you. And you got to battle for the, the armrests like the whole time, right? And, man, my guys out there, don't you hate it? When um, some dude with rough, ashy elbows, you know what I'm talking about? They're rubbing up all up against yours. Make them start a fourth spiral, some of those things, man. <laughs> so they're like, hey, I used the good stuff. I used cocoa butter. I used the good stuff. The one space separation rule, man, it makes me mad. It makes me kind of angry sometimes. And then there's, there's, there's other people. There's the talkers. Put that one up there, right? Yep. There is. A, it's the talkers, the people who pick up the phone call. And, you know, they exchange their seats, and they talk during the movie, during the best parts of the movie as well. I can't stand that, right? They're just, hey, 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 I'm here. I'm sitting here. Hey, bro, come on, come on. Start sitting here, people. And then we have the what's going to happen next type of people. Like, hey, hey, what, what, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Is he, he going to hurt her? Is she going to run away? Or 
What's going to happen? We don't know. That's why we're watching the movie, right? We get angry. And you're the one who says, oh, I know what's going to happen next. You're the one who kind of figures everything out. My wife, she, she doesn't do that, but she's like the FBI in our family, you know what I'm saying? She's really good at figuring out what's going to happen next in every single movie that happens. And then you might be that person who guess out loud. This is a sin, and we're going to have a, a class right in the back there for you later on, okay? God will deal with you accordingly. Uh, my wife and I, we love movies. Um, we are we are We even uh, are, uh, not now, but we're going to be um, annual pass holders <laughs> to Universal Studios. And we, we just love movies. We're movie buffs, right? And uh, we love to go to the AMC theaters in Chula Vista, okay, on the west side of Chula Vista. So, hey, please don't go to those theaters. That's where we like to go. <laughs> because, you know, you can actually just put the seat back, you know, and, and, and be real comfy. A lot of people, they bring blankets and stuff. But anyway, um, this one time, <laughs> when I started that way, it's going to be bad. This one time, Green and I, we went to a movie. Um, and those theaters, in particular, people sat right next to us. I know it's a little different nowadays when you buy a ticket. Um, you know, you can you can choose your seats. Not like you can just choose your right when you get there. Um, like when you walk into the theater, um, the actual theater uh, room. But people were sitting right next to us, and they were talking out loud in the movie. And my wife, who's the the, the amazing one who stays here this morning, um, she doesn't like it when people talk during movies. She's part. German and she's part Latina, okay? So guess which side comes out when people is talking in the theaters, man. She's like, oh, I, I just hate it. We'll watch a musical. We'll watch a movie. Uh, and, and so we're sitting down, and there are people, this is me right here, and there's people sitting right next to us. And Green says out loud, she says, hey, babe, these guys won't be quiet, right? And then she says some other stuff that we don't say in church. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I told her I was going to say that. Uh, so what I do, you know, the, the defender that I am, I kind of look over this way. I kind of think, no joke, this dude is like 6'3", 230 pounds. Like, like, easy, right? So I look, I look straight. I come back. And I say, girl, you will be quiet right now. I was like, dude, this dude's going to kill me. Like, aren't you going to defend me? Who's going to defend me? If we both got black eyes, who's going to drive home? I don't know. It's night-night. It's night-night for me. What makes you angry? That's the question this morning. What makes you angry? And the important thing is not so much what's the trigger for you and for me, but how am I handling the anger the way that God wants me to, right? And when you get into the Bible and all that it has to say about anger, there's a lot that is said there, right? And it talks about God's righteous anger, which is real, but kind of unrelated to most of our anger. But it also talks about destructive anger that we can have, and even anger uh, 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 that, that, that people who can be victims of anger. And at the very big beginning of humanity, the first three brothers um, in the Bible were the sons of Adam and Eve. And they could not, they could not get along. I'm going to put the picture up here for you guys. And their names were Cain and Abel. And Cain was the firstborn of the two. He became a farmer. And his brother Abel became a shepherd. That's what the, talk, the Bible talks about. And scriptures say um, that they offered sacrifices to God. And Abel's offering, obviously a shepherd, he probably would have brought a lamb or something like that. And sacrifice. 
the Bible even talk about specifically how God uh, he favors Abel's offering over Cain's. And this made Cain extremely angry with his brother and especially Cain murdered him. Dad, stop this thing. And we read on as Cain um, had this complicated conversation with the Lord in Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This is what it says. It's a funny story to say there. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will will you not be accepted? But if you do, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. This is Seem a little bit off. You seem distant. What, what's going on? And he cuts his hand. <laughs> and he bites into the offering. And he had his hand close to his. And because whether Cain would admit it or not, something was going on in his life. And uncontrolled, undealt with anger can be either self destructive or it can be other destructive. Undealt with, uncontrolled anger can be. Self-destructive, or it can be other-destructive. You see a lot of that in the life of Cain and Abel. The, the complicated conversation begins here. This is what Moses wanted to get. God is questioning the problem of our anger. God is questioning the problem of our anger. Hey, what's underneath the hood? Hey, what's going on in your heart? I want to know what that is because there is a process. There is something that's brewing on the inside that we have to get to if we want to handle this God's way. And I don't like what anger does to me. And I know for a fact that my misappropriated anger uh, has hurt a lot of relationships. I know that I've wounded a lot of friendships in my life. I know that I've said things to my wife out of anger that I really truly regret. Maybe you can resonate with that. I know that I can respond and I know what that feels like, and I don't want to be that person. But I know what happens when I do that. But do you know what I know? <laughs> I know that I'm not alone with you. I know that you have also expressed anger in ways that you truly regret in your life. I know that some of you have gone through by past church experiences, and maybe you, you harbor some anger in your heart towards the church. And you're like, man, they just they asked me to do all these things. Maybe in your past, man, I, 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 was, I was helping out every single weekend. I was the, one, the first ones there, one of the last ones to leave, and I go, go, go. Man, but they just used you and attacked you and you left. I know some of you have gone hurt my family. And you've stopped spending the holidays or special events with them, or, or maybe you go, okay? Maybe you go to the family parties, maybe you go to some of these events, but you're extremely distant, right? Hey, they're on that side of the table or that side of the room, and I'm here, and we will never cross. We won't talk. Hey, hey, I'm here for the food. I'm here for the holidays. I'm going to get my to-go box and go, but I don't want to spend any time with you. And it's angry, and it does that. Maybe your past has gotten you um, angry at a deep, deep level, and maybe you 
someone manipulated, someone hurt you, and you live your whole life at this ticking time bomb of anger just waiting to go off. And let me say this, if that's you, even, uh, you know, abused or hurt or manipulated somehow, I say this is so far you have to I'm so sorry that you had to betray your friend. I'm so sorry that you had to get hurt by somebody you trusted or somebody that you loved. And maybe you lost somebody really important to you, a mom, a dad, somebody that you just had a relationship with. And, and, and since then, since they had gone, uh, there's anger inside that you, that's brewing up in you, even against God himself. God, why did you take my mom away from me? God, why did you take my dad? God, why do my parents have to separate? escape this. I don't care if you're Christian, I don't care if you're atheist, I don't care if you're male or female, young or old, you cannot escape this. If you don't have anger, um, you probably don't have passion, right, or conviction, or opinions, right? But we all feel this. I believe that we can be a faith family who maybe may not see things eye to eye from time to time, okay? That's okay, <laughs> because we're all different, but God's grace
sometimes hatred and you know this cycle, it just keeps going on and on and on. And even where things are actually getting more uneven and it's consuming and it shoots back, it kind of kicks back and recoils even into our lives. Anger, it's, it's real sneaky sometimes. And while uh, it goes to kind of attack somebody else, it winds up attacking us. Okay. Anger has a kickback. It's like it's like that shotgun effect where you want to shoot at something, but it kicks back and it hits you in the chest in your life. And there is anger that has wounded and broken so many families, so many relationships. Some of you have fractured even your families or seen your family fractured by other people's anger in your life. Maybe they learned it somewhere. Maybe you learned it somewhere. Maybe you had a father or a mother who, you know, they were just angry all the time. And, you know, it's the world that you're used to. And because of that environment, you now share those same traits with them. And it's broken for you. Some of you have lost some important business deals because of your anger. Some of us, we've, you know, even physically hurt other people because of our anger. Some of you, when you're angry, man, you just get all puffy. All, you know, it's, it's, just, it's not a good look. You just get swollen, right? And, and that's, what, that's what it does to you. And if you are a skewer, this is what happens. This is the result if you're a skewer. Collateral damage. Write that down. Collateral damage. If something happens to the people who are in your circle, people who are in your home, there is collateral damage. It skews onto other people's most closest. I just wanted to express it, right? And then you anger vomit on your family. You anger vomit on your kids, and it causes hurt and fear and insecurity. And the family thinks, oh man, I hope dad's not mad today. <laughs> I hope mom's not mad today, man. She's not home from work. And I hope they don't blow up today. Like my friends are at the house, man. I hope they don't, they don't get mad. And, and by the way, if, if you have kids, this is where the collateral damage the little ones under your care. You might be thinking, boy, you've been married for like two minutes, right? Man, you, you ain't got no kids. I don't need to have kids know that these little minds, they soak up everything they hear. They hear it, and they see it at home. They see things that like a sponge, but they soak everything up. And they listen, and they are instant, and they will repeat what they hear. Thank you. 
or even worse, it, hey, it's even more godly for me to suppress this or hold it in. And they shut it down and it gets ugly and it starts to fester and it starts to even become toxic. You will never be the exception to this. Nobody will ever be the exception. We either spew it out or we hold it in for a period of time and it becomes unmanageable. It will leak out into your life like toxic waste. Whether you explode or implode, it's going to get out. It's going to get out somehow. And you'll see the sin of stewing on anger destroy so many marriages and couples that get uh, upset over small things. And then the next thing you know, man, they're getting angry at each other. Before you know it, they're both stewing. I'm going to show you a picture here. Does this look familiar? <laughs> Does that look familiar for some of us this morning? If you're both, if you're both stewards, you would have been angry. And what you do is you, you would have been in what I like to call the fighting position. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, that person needs to be quiet. That person needs to stay calm. That's where he faces one wall and she faces the other. And none, no part of your body ever, you know, crosses the equator of the bed. And the, the big rule of this, like, terrible game is the first one who touches the other person on accident loses, right? They lose points on their side. You know what I'm talking about. They play the silent game. You're both kind of stewing on it. You better talk first. You call yeah. He said this. I'm not talking. She said that. You better apologize. Then you accidentally kind of brushed up <laughs> against uh, your significant other. Your foot actually goes over enemy territory. And your foot touches the bus, but you kind of put that foot back in. You ain't getting no toe tonight. You think this is a game? This ain't no game. No toe for you. That sign felt it. <laughs> no toe for you. Okay, no toe. Letting it spill into our necks. It says, 
don't give the, de- the devil a foothold. Another translation actually says it this way. Give no opportunity to the devil. What does that mean, Josh? I'm not, a, I'm not a church guy. If you're not a church person, you didn't grow up in church. Uh, we felt bored and, and Moses and David and all that stuff. That's totally okay. Hey, this church was built for people just like us. And I was there too. You're here. And you don't know, how, you know much about what the Bible teaches. Maybe you're trying to use somebody inviting you here today. You're trying to take me out this whole God thing. When I use the word devil, okay, let me give you kind of a quick note of what the Bible means about devil. Okay, here it is. Devil equals bad. Alright? Satan equals evil. Alright? That's all you got to know about that. There is a spiritual battle that's happening in your life, even if you identify it or not. And if you skip to the very end of what the Bible says, in the end, El Diablo, he loses. God is the winner. But right now, Eventual explosion. It may not be now, but eventually it's coming up. That's the result. Eventual explosion. You blow up. <laughs> You're a ticking time bomb. And when the final straw breaks that camel's back and walks out, there's no holding back. The sewer has eventual explosion, even sometimes in Victorious own their anger. They own it. And anger is part of being human. <laughs> it's a normal emotion. I want to challenge you to own it. And there are four thoughts I have for us this morning as we unpack owning our anger. Okay, and, and we're going to do them this morning as we move forward. Here's the first one I can own my part. I can own my part. Own your part of what's going on in the situation. And guaranteed, maybe you will change something for you too. It takes two to tango. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20 says this, There is not a single person in all the earth who is always good and never sins. You know what I love about Center Church? No perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, we all make mistakes. But I can own my part. No one challenges like I said before, that's something we really value here at Center Church is we value personal responsibility. It's in our DNA. It's who we are as a church, and this is where life change actually happens, and you can keep blaming the world, you can keep blaming your sister, your brother, your family, your mom, your dad for your problems, or you can own your part. That's a maturity step. That's a spiritual maturity step. And I don't care how old or how young you are, takes the blame shift off your house. Does God work on me? God, what do I need to change? 
God, how can I be more like you? God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Yes, yes, that person is doing that. But instead of saying, God, will you change them? God, change me. God, I can change them. Here's the second one, my emotions. I can own my emotions. Again, anger is not a primary emotion, it's secondary. And anger is a response. And what you uh, first feel is you feel hurt, you feel frustration, you feel fear. And then when you swallow that fear, when you swallow that frustration, fear, and, 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 and all the things that you're feeling inside, anger is what falls out of you. Because of what, what's chewing on on you inside. There's always something underneath the surface. There's always something underneath the surface. If we're going to respond in a God-honoring way, we've got to back up and wrestle and go, what's going on underneath? What's going on in my heart afterthought? Why am I really angry? Why do I keep blowing up? Why, when this person walks into the room, I'm like, I just hope that's over. I don't care if it's over or not. I don't care. Something's wrong. Why? Why do you have to? What's going on with you inside? Owning your emotions requires patience and maturity. I realize I'm not talking You've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life, and, and that God fills you with His presence, His Spirit. The Bible teaches us that there is a reaction to the presence of God that is that is um, kind of growing up in your life, and you say yes to Him, and it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is what manifests and starts to grow in your life as a result of you following God and living your life the way that He sees there's this inward seed that's planted and starts to produce some fruit in our lives. And one of them is patience. The scriptures, they talk about this in the book of Galatians. And I'm, I'm super excited because in, in June, we're going to have a whole kind of book study about the, the fruits of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. And it's coming up. <clears throat> but it's not in your notes. But I want to read a verse from Galatians. And this is what it says about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, This is what happens when you say yes to Jesus. This is, this is what's planted in your heart. This is what starts to kind of grow up and get produced in your life when you enter this relationship with God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And one of them is patience. And when we own our emotions, we need to realize who is the Lord of our life and draw out from God patience. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, this is what it says. Patience is better <laughs> I could be wrong. We're going to say in our outdoor voice, okay, on three. Okay, we're going to say, I could be wrong. One, two, three, I could be wrong. One more time, I could be wrong. That's a really healthy truth. That's a super healthy truth. When I get angry, to start saying, man, I could be wrong. It helps me deepen it. It helps me 
something surprising me. It, it gives me space to truly evaluate the situation that I'm in. Not the side of the story. I could be wrong. I'm probably not, but I could be. <laughs> I could be. It's the sort of personal This is as simple as saying, God, I am hurt right now. Hey, this person, they did this to me, and I'm just, man, I need you. And uh, you can bring your anger to the Lord. And the great thing that God is that you don't have to be alone in your sin. You don't have to be alone with your anger. You don't have to be alone with, with those things that you feel deep inside. You can give it to God. I want to challenge you to choose to say, God, I want your peace. I want the life that you have for me. I don't want to uh, lose this wrestling match with the anger that I feel so oftentimes after I get home from work and I see my kids and my spouse and I don't want to spew out at them. I want to be a great example to my kids and my family. I want to love them like you love them. God, I need you to show up strong in my life. That kind of step says, God, God. Put away evil and wrong. God is sending the text. <laughs> He's sending the invite to you today. He's sitting at the table with coffee ready in hand.
Thanks again for joining us today. The question now is what are you going to do with what you just discovered? Take a step to connect with us in person? Or perhaps choose to support the ministry of Center Church with your financial generosity. Take your next right step and visit us online at centerchurchsd.com. See you next time.